Good evening and welcome to Italian Impact Weekly. I'm your host, Steve Stefano Mancini. And my name is Claudio Relsano. And as always, we appreciate you tuning into our show. We appreciate it very much. Absolutely. And also, we want to give our special shout out, again, always, to our engineer, Joe Giuseppe Halle. We, he, is, uh, he has been the rock behind how we've been able to get these shows out and make it sound like we're pretty good. And he um, throws rocks at us, That's too, right, if we get out of line. And also, I want to appreciate Robert Morris University. You know, they're allowing us to use their academic media center. Folks, I do not get paid for this next line, but I'm going to tell you this. This is a good school. Their academic media center is a very good place to come record, you know, whether it's podcasts, TV shows. They broadcast a lot of things out of here. They have their own radio. This is actually a very good program. So if any of our listeners are you just kind of on the fence where you want to go for school for something in the, what I'm going to call, entertainment business, please check out Robert Morris University. It's actually a very good school. I like to call it a diamond in the rough. And it's, it's just far enough from Pittsburgh that you don't have to deal with Pittsburgh but it's close enough that you're in town in 15 minutes, so I love it. I do want to give a special kind of notification, fundraisers. As Claudia and I have talked about over the many past, what, almost ooh, nine months almost we're going yeah. on the show. You know, if you have a fundraiser or an event that you want us to promote, we are not asking anything. We're not one of these people that said, well, if you want me to mention it, you know, I want, uh, you know, your firstborn, I want free meals for the next year, and I want 10,000. No, we'll do it because... We believe in supporting the community. We believe in helping to unify the community and kind of being what I'll call a bulletin board for different folks that say, listen, we don't have big budgets. We're a small group. You know, we're on the west side of Pittsburgh or we're out of Cleveland or we're in Chicago because it doesn't matter where your event is because we are international. In fact, um, we do want to thank our international listeners. We actually have people from Australia, Italy, Poland, Canada, to name a few countries that have been significantly downloading the podcast. So we want to thank all of you, our listeners internationally, as well as our national listeners. So the folks in Pittsburgh radio are wondering, what are you talking about? Well, you can find Italian Impact Weekly on all of the major streaming services, iHeart, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, uh, Amazon Music, TuneIn FM, all of the major streaming services. So if you have not gone out and liked us on your favorite streaming service, please go out and like us and go out and subscribe to us. That way you can make sure that you are getting the episodes when they come out. And one final thought I want to mention is that when in doubt, go to the website, italianimpactweekly.com. Why go to the website? Because we're also posting a lot of events that are coming up. And one I do want to mention specifically is with La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. They are having a fundraiser on November 11th, and they're going to have a special speaker, Rocky Blyer. For the younger folks who go, who? Well, Rocky Blyer is probably one of the greatest. Well, he comes from the great Pittsburgh generation of players. Claudia, I'm going to let you chime in on, on the great Rocky Blyer. Notre Dame star, but before that, uh, well, he had his story was made into a movie. Had a, a foot issue when he was in Vietnam. Vietnam. He got wounded. He got wounded pretty badly. He, it's quite a story, a really a big comeback story, and uh, he had a heck of a time even walking, let alone playing in the NFL. But he did, and he had a great productive career. But not and he won four Super Bowl rings, but not only that, he's a, he's a great speaker, great speaker, you'll love him, but he's a great person. Very approachable to everyone, very smart businessman as well, um, and, and just a great guy, and I, I'm looking forward to uh, definitely seeing Rocky. I, I see him a lot every year at celebrity golf events and everything like that. He's great with everybody. Excited. Look forward to seeing him, yeah. And so, folks, that's going to be November 11th. Okay. If you want the details, please go out to our website, italianimpactweekly.com. Again, that's italianimpactweekly.com. 
Get the details. It's going to be La Scuola d'Italia Galileo's fundraiser. They are raising funds for the new facility. They are very close to acquiring a facility, fingers crossed. And he's also a Steeler Hall of Famer, I forgot to mention. Oh, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big one. And, he's again, big you're going to get a chance to meet him, yeah. hear him speak. Um, so it's going to be a wonderful time. So please go check out the website and hope to see you there. You can meet Claudio and myself. We're hoping Joe Giuseppe Halley, our engineer, is going to be there. Please come on out and join us November 11th for the uh, fundraiser uh, outside of Pittsburgh. So even if you're not in Pittsburgh, you know, hope to see some folks from Cleveland or uh, other parts of Ohio, other parts of Pennsylvania, even New York. Come on down. It's going to be a great time. We have some other speakers. Uh, but again, go out to the website, italianimpactweekly.com, for more information. All right, Claudia, we have a, another special guest. And I want to give just an interesting little background on how we met. So Patrick Campesi, a good Italian name, Almost sounds like he should be like the sixth family, if you know what I mean. The five families. Anyways. Um, so Patrick and I met at an ISDA conference uh, about a month or so ago. And uh, just got to chat with him a little bit. Very interesting person. Got a lot of cool stuff to talk about. He is involved in international real estate. We're going to talk about that because uh, I have been joking, quasi-joking for years, that my goal is to retire in my villa in Italy when I jokingly say, when this house of cards comes crumbling down. And now that I know Patrick, now I know I have an escape route because, you know, being an Italian citizen, it's like, hey, we can make this happen. Patrick, we're going to have some conversations after the call. But I want to introduce everyone and welcome our special guest, Patrick Campesi. Patrick, are you there? I sure am. How are you all doing today? We are living Good, the dream. Patrick, Patrick uh, again, I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. We say that to all our guests. But as always, we mean it because um, you are down in the beautiful state of Louisiana, and I believe you're down in Baton Rouge, correct? I certainly am, in the great sunny and always wet state of Louisiana. <laughs> I, I was, uh, so a fun fact, I used to be stationed uh, back in my Air Force days in Biloxi, Mississippi, and then I also spent a couple of short durations in Montgomery, Alabama, and then I spent some time in Pensacola. So I have been all around the, what I'll call that golf area, and you are not wrong. It is hot, gets a little bit humid. You can appreciate the humor there, and it definitely has its chance to rain. But again, Patrick, thank you again for joining us. Let's start with the kind of like your background. Uh, you were born in Louisiana. Let's talk about where you born, where were you raised. Let's just kind of get into who you are. Yeah, so I was born in, in Baton Rouge, where I'm currently living now, but I uh, was brought up and raised in a town called White Castle. Really small town. Everybody always jokes, oh, like a restaurant. Yes, but uh, quite a little bit of a different town than the restaurant, obviously. I grew up basically around my entire Italian family. My, my family immigrated from Sicily in 1890. We are from a small town called Poggiriale in Trapani. And we came over here as sugarcane farmers. And we, that was the, the main reason we came over here. So as soon as we landed in New Orleans, some families stayed back. And most of us went, to, uh, went up the river and, and farmed sugarcane. And then after a couple of years, we went a little bit further, further north. And uh, we've been in the same area, in White Castle area. It's called Iberville Parish. Uh, we've been there for probably about 100 years now. And, yeah, so all of my family, I, I grew up around them. They called it the, the Campisi Compound. Uh, it was all cousins, aunts, grandparents, my blood family, well, my, my immediate family, we're all right there. Uh, just a little a side note, my last name actually is Campisi. It, it was spelled I-S-I, C-A-N-P-I-S-I, when we immigrated. But in the 1940 census, in cursive, they dropped the dot on the first I, and it became an E. So <laughs> I'm now Campisi if I go to Italy. I'm glad you said that because that is very common in Italian names. They, they come over here. These uh, 
bleeping English, can't spell our names right. See, I did that bleep. These bleeping English that we're doing these sentences can't spell our names right, and they always get screwed up. And I'll give you a good example. My last name's Mancini. So when they came over, they said, oh, Mancini. And they dropped the I, and they put an E. So you had the opposite effect. They dropped your I and put an E. Well, actually, you had the same effect. They dropped your I and put an E because they hear E, and they think E. So you're Campisi. Now, I'm curious about one thing right off the bat. Are you a dual citizen? That is something I'm working on. I'm, I'm using a guy out of New Jersey right now, and that's an issue that uh, I know we're going to have to yeah, face. Yeah, I was just going to ask you that. Yeah, how you're going to go back and show that uh, that was just these, um, uh, again, I'm jokingly saying this, of course, but these bleeping English that couldn't spell our names. And, and again, the, when I went to Philadelphia, I was lucky. My great, my, my grandfather, he knew they spelt it wrong, and he changed it back. Yeah. Some of my family mm. still spells it with an E. <laughs> so when I did my a citizenship, I my from my grandfather, who I did it through, um, he corrected the error. So it made it very easy. But it's funny because I know a lot of people that were running into that. And then you got to go back and say, look, these these bleep in English can't spell our names. And they say, oh, okay, God, and all you got to do is show that you're the same person. You said you're going for your citizenship. Uh, I'm curious about something. What's making you do that now? Well, I one found out that I could do it. That was kind of the biggest revelation. Me too. Um, I'm, I'm, fifth, I'm a fifth generation, so I've, I've got to go way back to uh, to find a lineage back in Sicily, and I wanted to do it sooner than later because I also know that right now they're the they've done this for a couple of years now, but the um, the government over there in Italy is trying to pass a bill to limit it to I think the grandfather. So. I clearly do not qualify for that, so I'm trying to expedite it as much as I can right now so I can I can get it done. I'm also getting it done for my entire family, all of my cousins, my sister, brother, all of them. Yeah, I, I did mine just in time because mine was through my great-grandfather. But mm. my grandfather was a citizen because my great-grandfather never renounced a citizenship. So even though my grandfather was born here, he was still technically born an Italian citizen. Uh, let's talk about a couple of things. So you, the I'm, I'm going to pronounce your name. How do you want us to pronounce your name correctly, Patrick? The Campisi or the Campesi? Campisi, if you will. I like it. No, because uh, that's why Joe are, Joe always gives me crap. He says, Mancini, because that is the correct pronunciation. Um, let's talk about your, your family there. Now, you said you guys ended up staying together, pretty much growing up in the same area. How difficult was it at that time then? Because we'll talk about some of the challenges Italians faced in the South, including some of the discrimination that went on down there. So how hard was it to maintain their Italian uh, culture and heritage? It was difficult. Uh, this is something my, my grandfather told me. He, uh, he passed away in 2016, but as, as long as I knew him, he talked about it. And of course, my dad continues to, to spread that message as well. But it was difficult for us. Luckily, there, were, there was an Italian community in the small town I'm from. But still, back in the day, they, the Italians, they didn't want, they, rather, people didn't want to mix with the Italians. So we had to create our own community. And uh, as we were, I mean, basically what happened when we came over in the 1890s, we were coming to work the jobs on the, on the plantations that were freed up once after the Civil War. When all the slaves were freed, there was nobody to work the plantations, so they hired the extremely cheap labor out of places like Sicily and the, and the poorer areas of Europe. So that's when my family came over. And when we came over, we, we just were, were farmers, tenant farmers, basically. But what they ended up doing, which I, I blessed Myself, I'm very blessed to have this, and my family had the, these opportunities and could think like this. They ended up striking up a deal where we became um, sharecroppers, and basically we we worked our way up from just being a tenant farmer, and then got to a point where we could actually own the farm, right? So that's that's about the 1920s, 1930s, and this is where 
my grandfather comes in and kind of answer your question a while back about why am I going through my citizenship? Well, my grandfather, who was my second namesake, Patrick Ross, he was, his name was Ross Campisi. Uh, I was very close with him. And he, at the age of 24, just a year younger than I am now, figured out a deal where he could buy a lot of land about, I want to say about 30 acres of, of farmland with no money down so that the family could finally be landowners in Italy, I'm uh, sorry, in Louisiana, um, rather than, than just constantly working on somebody else's property and, and being kind of indentured servant, servants, if you will. So because I was so close with him and because of the, the uh, successes that he ended up creating and having in his life, it's led me to want to kind of further my family name and to honor where we came from, because that was something he always talked to me as well. We came from Poggio Reale, we we're Sicilian. And we sacrificed a lot coming across the ocean to a new world that they didn't speak the same language. And like we just said earlier, they weren't accepted in Louisiana, or at least where we were, and of course, across all of America. So all, through all of those struggles, uh, my grandfather ended up doing well for himself and providing for the family. And that's something that's really kind of motivated me and inspired me to be as passionate as I am about my heritage and culture. You know, one of the things that bothers me, Patrick, is whenever you ask an Italian, a young man, maybe in his 20s, you know, so what part of Italy are you from? I don't know. They, they know zero about it. It's, and and I, I worry that maybe the culture is dying out. I really appreciate what you just said and how you know where your family's from and, and you're still into it and you pass it on and you talk about it, as Steve and I do on this show. When you come across somebody like that how does that make you feel it it's kind of disheartening and sad i feel bad for them because that has given me such an identity and has, has made me kind of almost in a way find out who i am by knowing where i came from right and it, right. it makes me feel more confident and proud to be sicilian to be italian you know, a couple of things that you said, too, before I ask my next question. I always wanted to honor, like, the person I'm named after was a doctor in Italy. So I always had that. I'd never met him. He passed away about a year before I was born. His name was Claudio Sonni, S-O-N-N-I. But anyway, my dad just idolized him. And I always, you know, wanted to do things to keep his name going as well. And that always meant something to my dad. And to this day, you know, my parents have unfortunately both passed, but I try to honor them in so many different ways. And it seems like that's what you're doing as well, which I, I commend you for. My question is your goals and dreams. This is a question I always ask everybody as a 17-year-old, because I know uh, for me, I knew what I wanted to do when I was eight, but 17 years old is a is a kind of a crossroads thing because you're going to college and you kind of have an idea what you want. A lot of times you change it, but what did you want to do? What were your goals and dreams as a 17-year-old and what kind of family support? did you have? Well, uh, when I was 17, when I went into college at LSU, I went in in kinesiology. So I wanted to, I was, a, I had my personal training certification, ended up starting a, a personal training LLC down here in Louisiana. And I figured that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get up in social media and, and create this big following and help people find the, the benefits that I found from working out, not only the health, but the mental uh, benefits as well. And I did that for a few years throughout college, enjoyed it for the most part, but always felt I was called to something more, um, mainly because my grandfather and all of his kids and my dad and his siblings were all entrepreneurs. They were all business owners. And I, I felt there was more of a calling for me. So two and a half years into my, my schooling, I decided I was going to change my major. At that point, 
I didn't have enough credits for the business degree in order to graduate on time. So I graduated at that time with just a, uh, a general studies degree with three minors, one in psychology, one in history, and one in business administration. I took a year off, and uh, that was roughly around 2019, 2020, of course, during COVID. So I took a year off after schooling and, and worked in real estate. And that's actually kind of segue for later. That's how I got involved in the international real estate, but that's, that's a little bit later down the road. As far as like the schooling is concerned, after that year break, I saw an advertisement on, on Instagram, funnily enough, for a degree in international real estate. I knew that that was something I wanted to do, not only because I enjoy real estate, but because I had an opportunity in Italy to, to work. I love Italy. I've been four times now, basically every year since 2019, barring 2020. Mm. Um, but I, I've, I've been to Italy four times now. And to be able to go back to the land that my family is from and to help in any way that I can, whether it be a small way or hopefully a large way as I get older, um, to, to bring back anything that I can to at least where my family is from in Pujarriale, to be able to kind of help, economically speaking, help build the city back up. That's, that's great. And, and back to my question, why do you think that, again, you know why you have such passion and pride for your culture, as do I. I've said numerous times how my mom and dad were, uh, how they taught me about things. But why do you think that it's, I don't want to use the word dying, but it's not as maybe important to families today to talk about where their families are from. You mentioned your grandfather and how he came here. And a lot of the stories, you know, a lot of them came here when they were 12, 15, by themselves with $10. You know, I always talk about the Andretti family. They came here with $125. My grandfather came here by himself at age 15. And these were unbelievable stories. But why do you think that that culture is not as prevalent or just not as talked about, like the way you were raised and the way I was raised? And Steve? I would say, I mean, I think there's multiple reasons, but one of the main ones was assimilation, that uh, the Italians did a very good job when they came over here at assimilating to American culture. Mm -hmm. And it was frowned upon for them to speak Sicilian or Italian out in public, so they wouldn't do it. They wouldn't teach their kids. They wanted them to to do well in in life, and in order to do that, they really couldn't be Italian Mm -hmm. in, in the early days, in the early 1900s in America. So I think that was one thing that suppressed it. I also think, at least for people my age, what I found rather, what I found that drove me was that connection to that my story. Where's my family from? Where am I from? Where are my roots? That story paired with the connection I have with my family. To me, my grandfather always told me, and I, I wholeheartedly believe it, la familia prima de tutto. Family yeah, is everything. Right. Family first. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has, has been died out, has been phased out. Um, through the generations, and people don't have a connection to their past, and they don't know where their what their story is. So they have no motivation, no drive to to want to know or to want to keep it going. Patrick, let me ask you a question. Let's go back a little bit though, because this is kind of all ties together. I, I cannot remember if it was Teddy Roosevelt, like a hundred years ago. He made a comment. He said, "You know, Americans shouldn't be seen as hyphenated. Whatever, Irish American, Italian American, German, whatever. we should be Americans." Do you think, do you think that there is a conflict with being, with calling yourself, you know, saying I'm proud to be an Italian, I'm proud to be an Italian American, I want to get my citizenship because I have my dual citizenship and I'm retired military. I served this country, I love this country, but I'm also proud of my culture. Do you think that there is a conflict between being an Italian American 
and just being an American? That's a really interesting question. <laughs> I hope so. Because otherwise, people aren't going to tune in anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I've, I've actually never been uh, asked that before. I, in my opinion, I don't think so because whatever one comes first, American, Italian, or Italian, American, you're both. And I think it just depends on where your values lie. Which one do you resonate with and which one do you support? I think anybody who lives in this country should be grateful they live in this country because it's, in my opinion, it's the greatest country in the world. It's a land of opportunity. It, it helped my family and I still see opportunities for everybody moving forward in America. However, I also love where I come from. I love Italy. I love Sicily, the, the rawness that is for those who have been to Sicily. It's not like Florence or Milan or Venice or Rome. It, there's such an authentic, raw nature to seeing the, the old towns that our families come from. And I, I love that element as well. So I don't think there is a conflict. I think it really depends on the values of the person, whether or not they call themselves Italian, Italian-American, or American-Italian, or what have you. Uh, for the folks that are joining us, we are joined by Patrick Campisi. He is an international real estate consultant, and he's an Italo-Americano leader. And Patrick, again, um, thank you for joining us. Uh, before we go to a break, I kind of want to ask you a, a quick little question here. The first time you went back to Italy, how did you feel? The first time I went was in 2019 with my family, and it was an amazing experience. It, it was just really cool to to see what I've always dreamt about, what I've always uh, you know, everybody in my family's always talked about. It. It's really cool to just go over there and have that otherworldly experience because the culture is different over there. The land is different. The architecture, it is different than here in America, especially here in Louisiana. So it was just a really amazing experience, and I feel that is also something that helped bring me closer to my uh, love for this heritage and culture. We'll go into our break now, and we're going to come back with our very special guest, Patrick Campisi. But first, if you miss our show on Thursdays at 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. on WKHB Radio, you can check us out on ItalianImpactWeekly.com. We've had many great guests, including Mario Andretti, Vince Ferragamo, future guest Vince Papali, the subject of the movie Invincible. Great, Vince is a great guy. Look forward to having him on. We, we're we're going to have his son on, I'm sure, as well, who's a uh, wide receiver in the US, was that? USFL. Yeah, so it'll be a great interview. Uh, so also, Talking Business and Life with Claudio Rosano and Steve Mancini. Check that show out on crsmmedia.com. If you have a podcast that you would like to air somewhere, we are definitely interested in hearing from you. We would like to help you with that and, and help you promote your show and do whatever we can to make that show a success. So please contact us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com or you can send it to my email at rosano16 at msn.com. Don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get that at Barnes Noble and Robinson. You can get it at my website at claudiorosano.com, barnesnoble.com, amazon.com, or johnmelvinpublishing.com. Don't forget about my show, The Claudio Relsano I've had such great guests as Dick Vermeil, Jerry Cooney, Vinny Pazienza, Donnie Lalonde, Ken Griffey Sr., Rocky Blyer, Roman Gabriel, Al Oliver, many great guests. But uh, we appreciate all of you listening and come back to our Italian Impact Weekly with our very special guest, Patrick Campisi. Thanks to Greater Pittsburgh Travel. For any of your travel needs, let Tom and the team at Greater Pittsburgh Travel know and they'll take care of you. For more information, call 412-331-2244 or visit their website at www.greaterpittsburghtravel.com. For all of your plumbing needs, be sure to try Pellucci Plumbing. 
Nick and the team have decades of experience and will get you back up and running. For more information, call Pellucci Plumbing at 412-782-5050. And we want to thank the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. If you're interested in learning more, you can find their contact information on Facebook at Calabria Club of Pittsburgh. Again, thanks Domenica and the team at the Calabria Club of Pittsburgh for your support. And we want to thank the Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei, the only nonprofit school in Pittsburgh endorsed by the Italian consulate. If you're interested in learning Italian or have your children being immersed in the Italian culture and language, be sure to give them a call at 412-404-7070. And that's La Scuola d'Italia Galileo Galilei. All right, welcome back, folks. And uh, Patrick, let's kind of jump into something else here. Because on your business card, you sell yourself as, I shouldn't say sell yourself in a negative way, but I mean, you present yourself as an Italo-Americano leader. What does that mean? So that means that I, I, that's another interesting question. (laughs) Um, Basically, I I am Italian-American and I find myself in leadership positions within organizations here in in the South and in Louisiana, um, a coach, Italian culture organizations that uh, we, we help to preserve our culture, but also to get more of the younger generations involved and, and knowing where they come from and, and being proud about that. That's fantastic because, uh, you know, again, we met at the ISDA conference here in Pittsburgh. So the fact that you came up here, you know, to participate in the conference is a big deal. It means, hey, I'm committed to this organization. I'm literally flying up to Pittsburgh to be a part of it. You are a part of your local lodge, if I'm not mistaken. Now, what other kind of organizations are you with of specifically, if any, that are specifically geared towards the Italian-American community? So I'm a part, uh, I'm the, the president of the St. Expedite Lodge. It's an uh, Italian Sons and Daughters of America Lodge. That's one of the reasons why I came up there. It's actually my second ISDA convention, and I am dedicating the rest of my life to, to going to every single one they have. It is one of the best experiences that I've had, the connections and that I've made. Across the country, I feel like I now have friends and family that I can call on if I go to Pittsburgh, Chicago, Cleveland, anywhere. Because of the ISDA, I've found a lot of great people, yourself included. So I, I really am, am proud to, to be a member of the ISDA. But outside of that, I am the first vice president of the American Italian Federation of the Southeast. So that organization works as a, uh, an umbrella organization for other Italian-American or Italian-centric groups here in the Southeast. We have organization, member organizations from Texas all the way up to uh, Georgia and every single state in the Southeast. And what we do is to unify kind of one voice, if you will, of the Southeast Italian, the, you know, the Southeastern Italian Americans, um, as well as promoting events and anything that we're doing in other states. So for example, in, Dece- in October in uh, Gulfport, I believe it is, there is the uh, Italian American Cultural Society there. They're having a Columbus Day dinner and dance. So we're, we're promoting for everybody who's a member of our group to go out and su- support them out there in Mississippi. Um, so that, that's one organization I'm a part of. And the last one is the IAFL, which kind of really ties in with the Italian-American or Italo-Americano leader that I have on that business card. The IAFL is the Italian-American Feature Leaders uh, Organization. It was founded this year. Uh, me and a few of my, my Italian-American friends here in Louisiana were fellows of that. We were a part of the inaugural class of that. And basically the, the purpose of that organization is to, to teach and to cultivate and kind of shape mold Italian-American future leaders, whether it be in 
their own organizations like ISDA or OSDIA or in, in leadership in business, leadership in politics, and anything in between. The people that are in these organizations, it's almost like a coach. Uh, sometimes he worries, I've been lucky with this, but sometimes he worries, does he want it more than his team? Are the people that are in your organization, do they, are they as passionate about things as you are? Those who have, have dedicated themselves to leadership positions in these, uh, in these organizations are as passionate, and I, I might say some of them are even more passionate. And that's such an amazing thing to see, especially being from the South. Most mm -hmm. people, when they think Italian Americans, they think the Northeast. Sure. They, they kind of forget that we're everywhere in this country. And to see people, such smart people, sharp people, who are as engaged and energetic about their culture and heritage as I am, that I get to work with every single day, is just an amazing experience. No, you know what else? It's funny that you said the Columbus Day dinners, because it's a negative, but it's something important to point out. Columbus Day was the result, came about as the result of the lynching of Italians, Italian-Americans, but probably more Italian because they were, they were fairly fresh immigrants in the South. And they were being treated very badly, to your point you'd made before, all over the United States, but especially in the South. I mean, we had, uh, I think it was Frankie D, uh, our last show, who talked about, you know, Italians weren't even considered white, especially when they were from the South, because, you know, Italians have a little more darker skin, dark eyes, dark hair. And so they were basically treated very poorly. And before the United States and Italy almost went to war, we established this Columbus Day. And then you see a lot of groups now trying to tear that down. So I think it's very important that Italians understand Columbus Day isn't just about Christopher Columbus. It's about the Italian community. It's about that, you know, that spirit of adventure, of discovery, of voyage. And uh, it's good to see that groups are still celebrating that and not letting it get pushed out the door along with all of the other traditions that in a lot of ways are gone because the second, third, fourth generations have become assimilated. So I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you guys, especially in the South, are holding these kinds of dinners. Before we, because at some point I do want to talk about international real estate because I want to get into that because that's kind of a big deal, especially for a lot of folks listening you're going to find out it's not as hard or as expensive depending on what you do as you think it is. But I want to talk about something very kind of, you've sort of covered it, but you sort of didn't. Your family maintained enough of the cultural linkage that you are still passionate. You've gone back there. You want to get your citizenship. I'm, sh I'm sure you're studying Italian. If you don't already know Italian, you're involved in these groups. What are some of the other traditions or philosophies that, that, you practice or that are a part of you that are ingrained in you that you picked up from your family that you would think are unique to being an italian american I was, so i would say that with like the the values that i was taught while it is a predominant thing in italians I, it may not i can't say it's specifically unique to italians outside of say saint joseph's day that's a sicilian thing for those who aren't aware of it and that's something in Louisiana we go all out for. We have a St. Joseph's Day Parade in March, and it's a great experience. But in other areas of the country that don't have a lot of a big Sicilian presence, there's not as big of a dedication to St. Joseph's Day. So that's something that I think would be specifically Sicilian or Italian. But the main, I'd say there's three primary values and virtues that, was, that were passed down to me from my Italian family that I would argue are specifically Italian. That's faith family and hard work. And I think that's what any Italian American would, would agree with me. And that that's what we embodied when we came over. And that's what helped build not only our family's legacy, 
but I also think helped shape this country into what it is today. Um, Italians are, have been innovative for thousands of years and have, have created a lot of great things for civilization. And I think That's in this sure. country, we, we were a very big part of the development of it and what led uh, to the growth that this country has experienced. So I would say, yeah, those three, those three values and virtues, faith, family, and hard work. Now, Patrick, tell us what you do today. Obviously, you're very successful, but not only tell us what you're doing today, but tell us about some of the obstacles, some of the ups and downs you've had to encounter and how you got through them. Because one thing we all have in common, no matter who you are, where you're from, we've all had to deal with adversity. Yes. So uh, in my in my day to day, I'm actually still in uh, graduate school. I, I got the master's in international real estate. I graduated in December of last year, but concurrently with that, I was taking an MBA um, from LSU. I was doing a two-year program, and I'm, I'm in my last year there. So I had actually had class earlier this morning. So I'm, I'm doing that. Um, I'm licensed in Alabama, Louisiana, and Florida for residential real estate. So that is also part of my day-to-day. But because I'm looking at my grandfather and my dad, they always – tried to find a way to make money in anything that they did and enjoyed doing. I also am a musician. I, I have a band down here and um, we write music, we play shows. We're gonna be in Houston in a couple of weeks performing out there. I've got rehearsal later this evening. Um, and then of course, like I said, the Italian real estate. That's, uh, that's something else. That's more of a recent endeavor, but it, it will begin to take up more and more of my time. And how but as you, far as adversity, yeah, adversity, yeah, yeah, exactly. How, how have you dealt with any of the adversity that you've had to deal with over the years? Specifically for being Italian, or just adversity? No, just in general, right? one thing again. We all have in common. We all have to go through something. So, both you know, personal and or business. How did you get through any adversity? Well, uh, I've always turned to, to education, so reading books, looking, especially now with the internet, looking up stuff on YouTube and just Googling, all right, with, if, I've, if I have this issue in business, what is, what is a, a direction I can go in order to get through this? But I really would say primarily it's leaning on friends and family, whether they're in the same, they've had the exact same issue I've had or just for support and uh, as a, a, a soundboard, somebody to, to vent with and to kind of give me different ideas. So really the family, I would say, at the end of the day, has been the biggest thing to help me get through adversity that I've faced. All right, Patrick, i got to ask real quick, what's the name of the band? What's the genre? So the name of the band is Speak Easy, two words. Uh, we Our original music I would classify as in, indie alternative rock. Uh, we, we pull inspiration from all over i've I've played everything from blues to metal to prog rock to funk and everything country everything in between so we really kind of and i I, there's five members so we have a lot of different input and ideas and um, inspiration that we pull together to to make what what the music that we create we actually have an ep releasing in a month so exactly a month on october 5th um that that'll it's kind of our, we're going to call it our blue record. It's softer music because we have a second EP planned for the spring that's going to be a little bit heavier, a little bit more rock-based. But, uh, yeah, we have that coming out in October. You guys have a website? Well, I'll gladly promote it for you. Uh, yes, we do. I, I believe it is speakeasybandbr.com. Speakeasybandbr.com. All right. That was pretty easy. Speakeasybandbr.com. All right. Um, again, appreciate it. Told you, Patrick, we would always uh, gladly do uh, advertise for you. Um, again, uh, 
if you want, we'll throw it out on the website. We encourage folks to check it out. Any of our guests who are willing to take time out of their schedule uh, deserve, you know, a, an appreciation. So we'll hope that, uh, you know, maybe a few folks will be turned on by, uh, you know, listening to you and spending some time with us because now you're about to repay the favor. And I'm going to ask a, a kind of a, a little bit of a selfish question as someone who's looking to buy international real estate. Let's talk about international real estate. You're an international real estate consultant. First off, do you focus only on Italy or other locations? Uh, specifically, Italy and Sicily. Okay. Um, What's the difference? Whoa. <laughs> just split. I, know, I know in Sicily, when you tell them they're Italian, they kind of, all right. <laughs> but, uh, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, well, if I could, and I guess nowadays there technically isn't a difference, but like you said, culturally speaking, <laughs> a big Sicilians difference. are very proud of the fact of being Sicilian from our little island. Um, I, I guess one of the things that you could say that differentiates them, but not necessarily because Calabria, Napoli, Puglia are all kind of similar. It's just that the cost of, of living down there is a lot cheaper than in northern Italy. Okay. Now, um, so let's kind of like walk me through the process. Let's just say hypothetically, of course, Steve says, Patrick, I'm interested in buying property. What is your rule? I mean, are you basically the agent that says, like, almost like in the United States where they're going to like, hey, I've got one on 123 Main Street and I've got another one over here on, you know, 5th Street? Or do you or do you plug into agents over there? How does that work? So we do at our market center based out of Florence. called It's called Giglio, G-I-G-L-I-O. Um, at our market center there, we do have, I believe, 17 agents now, and we have listings. So if you're looking to buy in Tuscany, Florence specifically, or all of Tuscany, we have properties there. We also have relationships with uh, market centers all across the country of Italy and down in Sicily. We have a partnership down in Palermo. So what I would do as the, the American liaison is help connect you with those people over there. I would represent you to them, whether it be, if you're going to a property that we own, our listing, then it's all in-house and it's a lot easier. But if I um, have to go out to say Palermo, or if you want to go to La Messia Terme or Napoli or wherever in Italy uh, that we don't have listings for, then I, partnering with my colleague over there, Simone, we would work together to uh, find the property in whatever precinct, whatever town, locality you're looking for, and then work with you step-by-step to search the property, make sure that it actually exists, um, that all of the paperwork is, is correct on that. <laughs> One thing that uh, unfortunately happens is people will renovate their house without going to the township and getting it approved. So what happens when it goes to come time to sell is you have to go through all these documents. And if the floor plans for the house do not match what they have uh, in the township and in the, the city hall, basically, then that's a big issue. They ha that has to be remediated. That takes more time. Of course, time is money, and that, that's something we try to avoid. So we, we try and handle that as quickly as possible so that we're not wasting anybody's time. Um, if saying that all paperwork is good, then it's, it's pretty similar to buying a property here in the States. Uh, financing is a little bit different. Uh, they even in Italy, you'll probably only get like a max of 60% financing. So you have to put 40% down. But for some of these properties in Southern Italy, it's best to just deal with cash. Right. So if you have the cash to purchase um, outright, then that's, that's pretty much what happens over there. Italians don't like to finance <laughs> things. Uh, sure. As we know, they're, 
they're gener- generational as far as who lives in the house. You've right. got great grandmother all the way down to the infant. So they live at home as for a very long time and save up a lot of money. And they'll use that to, to purchase their house. And also the properties tend to be generational as well. So that's another reason why if they do renovation, it, it may have been done in the 60s, but you may not realize it until 2023 when they do, finally somebody decides to sell that home. Now, is it better to buy the house? If, let's say you're a dual citizen like me. Is it better to buy it as an American or as an Italian? It is better to buy it as an Italian if it's your first property. Okay. If you are, if you have the luxury of being an Italian American citizen, so being a dual citizen, right. you save seven percent on the sales tax, which mm. can can be so, a lot. It goes from nine. It goes from nine percent um, if you're just an American to two percent as an Italian. Oh wow! Now, um, with that being said, I was told that they don't pay things like school tax and all that craziness. Is that true? Like when you buy the house, do you pay any taxes? You do. There are uh, taxes for like filing purposes. You've got to pay. Right, but but on the purchase, not like an annual where you're constantly giving it back to the man to waste, like we do in these states. Yeah, I mean, you do have you do have city taxes that you need to pay municipality municipality taxes, Um, but specifically for schooling, I believe that's all encompassed in the taxes that you're just paying to the, the government. There. Okay, so you're regular income tax, I think. Because I know that somebody was yeah. telling me, I was telling somebody over there, and I said what I pay for, for the taxes, because I got to pay state, local, school, and township. And I told him what I pay, and he was like, oh, like he like, I, he couldn't believe it. Um, and he said, no, you don't pay all that stuff over there. So in theory, it's cheaper to live over there. I mean, I could see this as an ideal um, retirement uh, option for sure. Definitely so. Uh, taxes, and one of the great things about being, in, if you are looking into dual citizenship, is if you're living over there, but you're not making your source of income over there, you don't have to pay your uh, Italian income tax. Now, for people who do business over there are and are Italian and American citizens, you will have to pay um, income tax over there. However, you're not double taxed both in Italy and America. They have a tax agreement. So you just pay the difference back to America. All right. So let's say you're making 20% uh, tax rate in Italy and 30% in America. You pay 20% to Italy, and the remaining 10% would go to um, America. So your your tax rate would be 30% at that point. Patrick, how, who have been your role models? I'm sure you can, you're going to mention some family members, but also maybe outside of your family members. So, uh, of course, my, my grandfather, Ross, my dad, Patrick, as well. He uh, Both of them have been very successful in business and have, have helped shaped me as far as a businessman is concerned and a family man. Um, there's, as you know, in Italian families, you've got uncles and aunts and cousins who aren't really, but you know, we're, we all, we love having a big family. So uh, there's a, a guy based out of New Orleans, lifelong friend of my mother's that I call him my uncle Greg. And for me, he's been a very big spiritual um, mentor for me. He's, he's helped me bring back to my, cause I was, I'm a born and raised Catholic. And he's definitely been a huge role model for me and in, in getting back into my faith and touching back on you asked how to get through adversity. That was another thing that helped me was um, being being faithful and, and turning turning to God, turning to my, my faith. As far as the Italian side goes, there's a guy, I believe, for those who were in Pittsburgh for the ICA convention, you, you would have met him, and you may have heard of him otherwise. His name is Charles Marsala. He has been a huge role model for me 
and this Italian-American leadership community. He's done a lot of great things for us over his years, but especially in the past few years down here in Louisiana um, as a leader in the Italian-American community. Now, you mentioned something generational uh, homes and passing it down. I've lived in the same house for 58 years, going on 59 years in a couple of weeks, and I, I plan on giving it to my daughter. Is that just something that we do or you see it from other uh, ethnic groups as well? And why is it? Why you know, do we do it especially? Well, I think – so I'm not sure as far as other ethnicities if that is something that they, they do. I haven't noticed that per se. But I would say for us, I think there's the, the sentimentality and the nostalgia of you know, this is where I agree. Yeah. Mona lived, that you, you don't want to lose that. And there's a lot of memories there that um, for me, my, since my grandfather passed away in 2016, every time I go into his house, I still feel like he's, I still kind of feel him there. Sure. And it's, it's a, a calming thing. And it's a nice thing to be able to have that because I have a bunch of memories at his house and to be able to go in and go back through all of those memories and play them as I'm in the same location. It, it definitely is something that I would hate to see if we were to lose. So I, I think that's one reason why, at least in my family, we, we will have generational homes because we don't want to see those things leave. Yeah, my house is incredibly important to me uh, because of that, I, because of my parents. And uh, they walked in the, on those floors, and I did. Now my wife and my daughter do and and it just you you said sentimentality i'm extra i mean i love where i live but it just I, I could never live anywhere else never ever ever now my daughter whatever she wants to do um but i, I have a feeling she's going to want to live there too but um that's sentimentality but it, you know what it puts that much more pressure on you to i always say to keep the ship afloat because our property taxes aren't exactly cheap where we live and all that it's a great town a beautiful town and, and like I said, I'll never live anywhere else. But it is a lot of pressure. It's not just your normal pressure for keeping a home, but it's because of how hard my parents worked um, and, and how hard my wife and I worked. So, yeah, I, I'm with you uh, for sure. Patrick, let me yeah, ask you. Go ahead. Yeah, Patrick. So, yeah, the, the house that my grandfather lived in and the house that I was brought up in, both my grandfather built his house and my dad built that house. So to your point of the hard work to – quite literally build the home that you were raised in um, is something that I, I want to continue to honor. And I've already talked with my siblings. It seems I'm the one who's going to be um, taking the house when that unfortunate day comes. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, I was going to ask you, kind of a, kind of a tied into this, um, do you have any memorable, you know, memorable experiences that, that changed your life that really made it all click for you, if you will? Like now you're, you're kind of like me. You're, you're both feet into the culture you know, there were times when, you know, when I was off of the military and I wasn't thinking Italian-American anything. And then, you know, you come back home and, you know, to your point, you go home to your old house or something and, and something clicks. Is there, are there some experiences that made everything click for you? I think it was something that, that came over time that as I got more involved, it, it started in, in 2020 because I had all the time during COVID to do more genealogical research and to go through my grandfather's house and kind of look at uh, stuff, his keepsakes, um, and then to have the opportunity to go back to, to Sicily, I think it gradually happened over time. And then I just started to realize that I'm comfortable, more comfortable as I um, identify as an Italian American. And the more time I spend over there to, to touch on your point or the question you asked me earlier about what was it like the first time I went to Italy? 
first time I went to Italy, I didn't go to Sicily. It was the second time I went to Italy that I visited Sicily for the first time. And that experience was surreal. I was the first one in my family to visit it. And as soon as I got off the plane in Palermo and stepped foot on the ground and saw the giant mountain that is outside the, the Palermo airport, I just felt at home. I felt at peace and that I had that connection with my, my ancestors there. And that I guess that would be the moment that I was like, this is something I want to be a part of until until I pass. It's funny. It's funny you say that. We had a guest on ooh, months ago now, and she used the term historical memory. And it was like me. The first time I mm -hmm. went home, I was like, man, I just... I felt like I'd always been there, like almost like you came home. It was, it was just, it was the weirdest. I don't know how to explain it, but there, there is something. And I, and I think maybe it's kind of like when you have relatives, and you think about what they went through, or you know, you got you know, or just neighbors in the neighborhood. They're older, you know, and they're, you know, in my case, some of the knows they spoke Italian. They were, they were off the boat, and when you go back home, it's almost like they're all still alive and mm. home again. I don't, I don't know how to explain mm. it, but, um, but, but it changed me. And it sounds like it kind of, not necessarily changed you, but it sort of reinforced where you mm. were headed. Would you agree with that? A hundred percent. And I, I found that the more that I, I dug into it and kind of leaned into being, into my heritage and being Italian, the, the better the experiences got because I was more confident, more comfortable with it. And luckily this past year, um, I had the, the opportunity to go back to my family's hometown during the feast of the, our patron saint, San Antonio. And funnily enough, kind of as, as a side note, there's an organization in Texas called Poggi Reale in America. When I came up, I thought we were the only Poggi Realese in America. Right? <laughs> um, and then I found last year, I found this organization and everybody, we all full lineage and ancestry from Poggi Reale. So 30 of us all went to our, our hometown in Poggio Reale. And a, a, another little side note, in 1968, Poggio Reale, Gibalina, and a few other cities were hit by an earthquake that completely decimated them. And Poggio Reale is now known as the ghost town of Sicily. Um, it's stuck in time, the old town of, of Poggio Reale. So they built a new one, and that's where we, we were spending time. But while we were there during the, the Feast of San Antonio, we were lucky enough to actually be in the procession, walking through the streets oh, of the wow. town, saying the prayers in Sicilian and in Italian. And while I was doing that, I had goosebumps and chills. I'm sure. That, you know, this is, this is what my family did right. the 1890s and even before then. And to be able to, to be the one in my family to, to experience that, and to kind of reconnect that, that circuit, that electrical circuit, if you will, that ancestral circuit and, and feel all of that energy again, all those experiences, like you said, that kind of that uh, shared history, to be able to tap back into that was just a, a, an experience I can't put words to. No, you did. That's very well said for sure. We can definitely feel it. Now, final question. What's next for you, both personally and your business life? Uh, well, I, I, so I graduate in May, and I'm to be honest, I'm still kind of trying to figure out where, where I'm going to be. Uh, to your point earlier about leaving where you're from, I, I love Louisiana. <laughs> All of my, my family here is here. And it, it'd be, it would be a difficult thing to permanently uproot from Louisiana. There's opportunity as far as real estate is concerned in, in Miami for me, but there's also opportunity over in Italy. So I do think that ultimately I will have a property, be it in Sicily or in Florence. 
um, and, and stay there a good portion of the year working. And then I'll also have something here back in Louisiana um, and, and spend time with family. As far as a, a another business endeavor, one of my uncle, uh, my uncle Ross, my dad's brother, he had a, a limoncello recipe, a family recipe that he used to make mm. for everybody, yeah, weddings yeah. and all of that. And he, again, he also passed away a few months after my grandfather passed away in, in 2016. And following that, I started to, based on the recipe, kind of craft my own limoncello. And over time, I ended up getting a lot of positive feedback from people and uh, enough to the point where about 75 to 100 people were asking me, hey, where can I buy this it's in stores? And it made me think, well, maybe I have something here. Yeah. So a uh, long-term uh, dream for me is to turn that limoncello recipe and the few other recipes we've come up with into a, a full-fledged company and be able to sell that nationwide to be able to pass on the 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 history of my family and the the, quite literally the product of our creation um to other people that to share that heritage with everybody well patrick i know steve is going to finish up here in a minute but just in our brief time with you i i know for a fact that whatever you do you're going to be very successful i appreciate the passion you know my mom used to say never speak from the neck up speak from the heart up and i know that's what you uh, do and I'm sure you work from the heart up, not the neck up. So I know you're going to be very successful, and we look forward to following your successes. And uh, I know I appreciate you being on the show very much. Thank you. All right, Patrick. Steve. Again, we appreciate your time. And uh, Patrick Campisi, international real estate consultant, Italo Americano leader, um, plays with a good rock, uh, indie rock group called uh, Speak Easy. And again, Patrick, real quick, what's that site? speakeasybandbr.com. All right. We'll throw that on the website as well. And again, folks, we'll have some information. You can link to his his website, listen to their music. Again, we like to support our guests any way we can. Patrick, thank you very much for your time. Claudio, we are done with another show. Can you believe we're going on almost nine months of doing nine this? Nine months, yeah. It goes quick, but I'm enjoying it, and I think we're I think the fans are enjoying it, and we're getting better every show. Well, and it's funny you say that because I want to make a kind of a fun mention. You know, we... The fact that we have people, you know, I can check the statistics where who's coming out and visiting the website and who's downloading us. And I mentioned in the beginning, go out to most of the major streaming services. We are there. One of the big ones that we're kind of, kind of our focal point is Podbean because then we can, can, we can monitor where stuff is being downloaded. And we've got people downloading from Canada, Australia, Poland, Italy. Um, so internationally, I'm not sure how they're getting these, but we are extremely appreciative of all of our guests. Again, obviously most of our, our folks are listening from the United States, but we love the fact that people are enjoying us from all over the world. We want to say- And for our sponsors, we have Heavy Pittsburgh. Heavy, Heavy Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Right, and we, you know, we're there for, um, you know, I want everyone all over the world to enjoy the show. It is not limited to Italian American, but it is our primary focus. If you have something you'd like us to give a shout out to, you have an event coming up, please email us at questions at italianimpactweekly.com. Again, as always, thank you for your time. We know that your time is precious, and the fact that you gave it to us means everything to us. Claudio is always the last word. Keep listening to the show. Keep sending questions and comments to us. We appreciate you, and as always, thank you, Mom and Pop. <laughs>